Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. On this glorious uh, autumnal day, Peter Dowdell talks all things gardening to us. Good afternoon to you, Peter. I was just thinking the same thing last evening, Trish. It was such a lovely, real autumny evening. It was it was cold, but it was bright and it was lovely. And today is another beautiful autumn day. And actually, this morning there was gorgeous red in the sky. It was it was fabulous. And as I've just been talking with Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather about the calm before the storm, he was suggesting that people need to, to use today to check out your garden and he was talking about the fact that the trees are in full leaf with any kind of a a stormy weather a lot of damage can be done Well you must be delighted to come home from your lovely holiday you were in the Caribbean isn't it? Yeah I was yeah Yeah. watching a lot of um, tropical storms actually I was going to say you'd expect a hurricane over there Somebody said the hurricanes are following me home and they did but anyway (laughs) go on (laughs) Anyway no you're quite right that's absolute good advice and like I'm always advising people, even during the summer months and that, just keep an eye on the trees because if you can take restorative action, so if you are preventative action, in other words, if you can, like when the storm hits, who knows how bad it's going to be when it hits, but when the storm hits, nature takes no prisoners, if you like. It's not going to worry if a tree is going to come down. It's not going to worry about private property or garages or even human life, unfortunately. So if we can do something today and if we see that there's a tree that's looking a bit unstable or there's ivy growing through it and you think it might be at risk, well, you know, if you can get it, some a job done on it carefully before the storm gets here, then so much the better. And and other things like any, you know, just I mean, common sense stuff like, but like make sure windows and the sheds and that are closed. Make sure anything in the garden that can blow around, like summer parasols or even trampolines and things like that. If just have a look, because they'll do untold damage, as you know. We saw the pictures in Ophelia, obviously, with with trampolines going across gardens and things like that. So anything that you might have in the garden that loose furniture, parasols just put them away or make sure that they can't be got at by the wind uh, as I say trees branches anything like that that might be overhanging or might be a potential risk certainly you can try and get somebody today to, to remove it before before the storm comes OK and let me start with a very positive text in from a listener saying Hi Patricia would you ever thank Peter for recommending Back to Black Company what a great crew who did a great job on my tarmac it looks like new after them so thanks a million Peter <laughs> I love they're very welcome and I love yeah. I love positive text yeah and that and, and the, we got great reaction from that um, that company must be de- delighted with us because ev- everyone be. everyone that we've sent their way has, has said the same thing and, yeah. and my, my WhatsApp service has literally just gone down oh it's because down the wrong time but bright and early this morning by WhatsApp a listener was on to say knows it's a bit early but a bit of advanced planning she wants to know what you can suggest for her to plant as just back uh, for her to plant in the garden for a communion next May 
This is Eileen in Clonakilty. So she wants to do a bit of advanced planning. And just to, as she says in her text, I'd like to have a nice show for May for First Holy Communion I'm season. Always, I'm always uh, hesitant, I suppose is the right word, when, when somebody asks me, what, what can I plant now that will be a flower on either a specific date or a specific week? Because you see, I, I, and I will give you some suggestions now, but nature doesn't always play by the rules. So we could have a late season or we could have an early season. So uh, for me, I would certainly say tulips, alliums, uh, and plants like that will still be showing great colour. Uh, and now is the time to plant those. So if you get your tulip bulbs or allium bulbs, get them in now. Um, and they and like I've said on your program before, Trish, if you stagger the planting, so if you stagger, if you let's say plant, depending on how many you want in the garden altogether, but if you plant let's say ten or twenty of them today, then ten or twenty next week, then ten or twenty the following week, um, then you're, you're you're kind of if you stagger the planting, you're going to stagger the flowering period. Yeah, which and is every great. chance of having it at the right weekend. And those numbers may sound big, but actually they're not when it comes to flower bulbs. Uh, so I, w- I would plant flower bulbs en masse, plant lots of them for display. You're also looking at things like a lot of the spireas, the bridal wreath, the lovely white flowering shrub, uh, which should be in flower during May. Um, some of the white camellias will still be going. But see, this is where I have to hesitate because not all of the white camellias will, uh, and the spirea may be in flower in May, or it may have flowered that bit earlier, depending on how warm the spring is. Uh, so it is a bit hit and miss. I would say you're, you're nearly guaranteed insofar as you can be with your bulbs, your, your alliums. And I love, obviously, a big communion. I, I love white, so maybe go with white tulips yeah. and white alliums. Uh, you don't have to, obviously, but it is nice. Um, you, you, my best advice to you actually would probably be go to your local garden centre even three or four weeks or even two weeks before the event. Uh, and then you're going to get stuff that you know will be in flower yeah. at the right time. Okay, thank you for that. Did John Paul send you on the WhatsApp from Margaret and Charleville saying, what, how can I get rid of this weed? And she sent on a photograph, which it looks like scotch grass, is it? It's not actually. From what I can make out from the photograph, it's a thing called mare's tail or horse tail. Okay. Which is uh, not an easy question. It doesn't have an easy answer, I'm afraid. Uh, it's a prehistoric plant. And it's, it's a very simple form of plant. It's, it's, it's just like with ferns, you know, it's just over the mosses. So you'd think it's easy to eradicate, but it's not. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to eradicate, if not impossible, I'm afraid. Um, however, I, I did hear, I, I teach gardening in, uh, I teach horticulture in Colossus of Arnaif on a Monday evening, which, uh, and only this Monday we were talking about, and I was talking about it in, in terms of plant classification, about the mare's tail, uh, and one of the students in the class was telling me that um, she, when she was a child, and in fact still, um, that they, they dry, they harvest it, they cut the mare's tail, they dry it, and they boil it, and it and they, they 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 drink the juice of it when it's cooled. And there it's you go. Good, it's a very good um, supplement for silica deficiency. So it, as an immune system, uh, to promote a good immune system, it, it's an excellent additive. So from that point of view, maybe 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 don't try and eradicate it. Set up a little cottage industry. But jokes aside, I suppose I'm being facetious. Maybe it, it is a very difficult one, even chemically. Even if you did want to use glyphosate or any of them, which I'm not recommending. But if you did, even that. Uh, which is the active ingredient in, in nearly all retailers on the shelf, has limited effect on it. Uh, digging it, you're, you may as well throw your hat at it, because if you leave a bit of the root, which you will, uh, it'll come back again. So I think you, you won't eradicate it, I'm afraid. The only thing you could hope to do is, is stay on top of it culturally, in other words, by, by digging it uh, every year, just to, to keep it under control. But I'm afraid I don't have a good news there's on no, that one. There's, there's so. no easy solution. Question for Peter. Any advice on plants for a patio garden that will be safe for toddlers and animals? People are always afraid, I think, to plant when they've got children. 
Yes, and correctly. I mean, yeah, you, I would say two things. Obviously, you have to be, I mean, I'm a father of two smallies myself, so obviously you have to be careful about what you plant because many plants will have will give skin allergies and cause blisters in the skin along with many of them being toxic. On the one hand, I would say that, but on the other hand, we can't be, you know, nearly every plant is toxic to a degree. So, you know, we all grew up around very plants and poisonous plants. We, we all live to, to, to tell the tales. Of, well, I think inherently we are innately, we... We, we know what we shouldn't eat, but that's not always true. So we do have to be careful. Um, <clears throat> so I suppose from that point of view, I would avoid in a small garden where the children might be more inclined to, to, to go at the plants. Uh, I would avoid plants with berries. I would avoid plants with thorns. If it's just something that you want, uh, what she says, for a patio garden, if it's just that you want to fill the pot with colour, uh, I would look for this time of the year, I would look at things like your cyclamen, uh, winter heathers are another great one and of course the, the heather and particularly the winter flowering one is a very valuable resource for the bees and he- honey from Irish heather is uh, studies last year have shown now that it is just as, as strong in health benefits if not stronger than the manuka honey so yeah. that's a bit of a, a bit of an aside but winter heather will give beautiful colour as well being, as well as being an important plant cyclamens uh, you could also look at winter pansies they give great colour for this time of the year now all of those uh, of course with the exception of the heather would be just for this season and then you'd replace them in the spring with more summer colour OK I'm just looking at pictures here somebody this is thank you for that Margot says uh, hi Peter I purchased a skimmia jap temptation japonica yeah. isn't it temptation yeah. japonica, yeah. Uh, that's the description on the label a few years ago I repotted it fed it never let it dry out but it's never produced berries or flowers so I went back to the shop where I purchased it and they can't remember the supplier who gave it to them is it true that plants like this which have been forced to produce berries for the Christmas season take a few years to revert to normal perhaps if I plant it in the ground I might have better luck any advice please from Margot and this is the one with the red berries oh, yes it is it is a very with red berries at Christmas and I, I was wondering what the answer is until the very last sentence perhaps if I planted it in the ground yes so skimia temptation is so skimia is, is quite a large genus of plants and you'll, you'll see one called rubella which is a very popular one during the Christmas month it's a gorgeous gorgeous evergreen plant and it, it holds not berries but it holds these lovely clusters of kind of uh, reddy green flower bud during during Christmas you, you'll know it immediately if you saw I'm, it I'm looking at pictures of it yeah I do uh, yeah. indeed yeah. and then the rubella opens up in in kind of February March with these gloriously scented white flowers a really stunning shrub uh, but that's a male form so skimmias you have uh, two you have male and female forms so rubella is a male form which pollinates the female forms which berry and then you have some varieties and these are modern cultivars so they are man-made varieties uh, such as temptation, which is self-fertile. So you have the male and female flowers on the same plant. So mm-hmm. it will, they will flower, or they will create berries all on their own. However, what has happened here is because it's still in the pot, I would think it's hungry. Yes, I know she says, or the, the caller says that they've fed it and they've watered it and it's still alive. That's great, but I think it is probably, my, my best guess would be that it is lacking in nutrients. Uh, and in specifics, I would say it's probably lacking in potassium and phosphorus. So the skimmias then are like um, the, the rhododendrons and camellias and those other ericaceous plants in that they set their flower buds now for opening next spring. So, or even earlier than now, we're in October now, it's probably too late for this year. August, September is when I would treat that plant with a good sulfate of potash or good organic tomato food uh, to promote flower buds for opening next year because obviously if you have no flowers, you won't have any berries because the flowers have become the berries. So I, I would plant it out definitely. And if there's no flowers 
at the moment. There's little enough that you can do until next July, August, uh, and that's when you plant your feeder with your tomato food or sulfate of potash. And then Marie is having great success with her skimmias because she says, I've got two skimmias, male and female, far too big for the shrub bread that they're in. Will I cut them back even at the cost of losing the flowers and the berries for this year? Maria's just showing off now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor old Margot is just going, what's Marie doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. Um, okay, the, the answer to your question is is this, actually. It's kind of up to Maria herself. Marie herself. It's up to yourself. In, if, you, if you cut them back now, you won't harm the plants by any manner of means. You, you won't do any damage to them. But yes, you will sacrifice the flowers and any berries that are on it for this year. So uh, it's, it's up to you. I, I would be more inclined to leave them to enjoy the berries and leave them flower and then cut them back early next spring kind of around March just to, to enjoy the berries and then to enjoy the flowers uh, I would leave them but if like if it's something practical like if it's blocking a path or a driveway or something like that cut them back now you're not going to harm it but you will you will lose the, the flowers and buds yeah uh, Anne in Charleville wants to know when should the geraniums be brought, be brought in and how does she store them over winter yeah, you store them over winter quite simply in an unheated uh, glass house or polytunnel or if you don't have such a thing, even if it provided your garden shed or garage is bright enough, like there's a good amount of sunlight getting in there, that'll do them fine. You, you won't have to worry too much about water over the winter. Give them a drop of water even once a week, once a fortnight. You just want to keep the soil moist without being overly damp. Um, when to do it? Yeah, I would say it's around now. You'd need to do it. Uh, I would particularly if they're in loose pots, I'd be doing it before Lorenzo tomorrow anyway, uh, because if they're loose, obviously they, they could become, they could get blown around the place. So I would move them in, but leaving Lorenzo aside, if we weren't having a storm coming, you'd bring them in just before, just before the frost. And we had, we had a frost this morning. We, we did have a slight one this mm. morning, yeah. So I would say around now is when you need to move in. I, I say that, but of course, I'm, I'm a lazy gardener myself. Yours are still I out. Mine out. <laughs> Tom and Balancholic planted golden wonder potatoes. They're small. They're affected by wire worm. He got blight earlier on in the year and sprayed yeah. them. Did this cause the potatoes now to be small? And should he not grow spuds in the same place next year, he's wondering? Whether or not that caused the, the potatoes to be small, I, I would I don't know, but I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think either the blight or the wire worm would cause them to be small, no. Uh, but yes, the second part of the question he's answered himself, definitely don't grow potatoes there because with the wire worm, even on its own, I'd recommend your, your cultural control crop rotation, move them somewhere else. Uh, but certainly if there was blight in the soil this year, don't even think about planting potatoes there for the next two or three years. And from Tom and Balancholic, let's go to Sheila and Balancholic. She said, we cut down old palm trees. They were a dividing wall within a housing estate. We're now looking to set bare stemmed evergreen trees that will only grow to around eight foot. What would you suggest? You could, uh, you could, sorry, I'm just kind of thinking there. When she says bare stemmed, I'm guessing she means what we call a standard, which is that the stem would be clear. It's like a lollipop, if you like. The yeah. stem would be clear yeah. with the, the greeneries on top. There are many things that are grown as a standard, many evergreens, that if you want to only to go to eight foot, it's not really even a tree. It's a small, it's a large shrub. It's what you're looking for. So many large shrubs, stroke small trees, are grown as standards. Red robin is one that's grown that way, and it makes nice standard. Uh, also bay leaves, bay leaf would, would certainly do well in that situation. Holly, hollies can be grown in that way too. Uh, Portuguese laurel and your common laurel. Uh, I suppose uh, I would probably I would probably look at Portuguese laurel or common laurel in that situation because they give good screening relatively quickly and though the common laurel will probably want to get higher than, than 8 feet that's just a maintenance issue over the years. It's not going to be a huge maintenance issue but just do, I suppose do bear that in mind if it's 
if it's not going to be possible for you to do it yourself or to get somebody easy to do it, maybe avoid the common laurel. The Portuguese laurel would be uh, slower growing and therefore let, would require less maintenance. So I would say either standard hollies or standard Portuguese laurel. Okay, some general advice on roses. Uh, somebody wants to take cuttings from a climbing rose. Is now a good time to do it? And others want to know, is it time to cut back roses? Okay, well, I hope it's a good time to take cuttings from the roses because I just took a few myself the other day, last weekend. So I just took a few. I couldn't I couldn't resist it. It, uh, it is a bit late. Uh, the textbook will tell you it's a bit late, but I would certainly I would certainly give them a go now, take the, take the cuttings and, and hope for the best. Um is, is it too early to cut them back? I would say I wouldn't give them their their annual serious pruning if you like. Now I would I would leave it to the other side of the winter. But if if you want to just trim them back, and particularly, I mean, we often get calls. Trisha, we've talked about it before, having roses and flower around Christmas time, and they, like yeah. my ro- my roses, some of my I roses still have flowers. flowers. Yeah. My, I don't just have flowers. Some of mine are flowering better now than they have all year. <laughs> So I definitely wouldn't be cutting them back, but trim them back. Certainly any dead flowers, any diseased shoots, anything like that, certainly trim away. But I wouldn't give them their their main haircut, if you like, until the other side of the winter, kind of early February. What about hydrangeas and lilies? Can you cut them back? Mary wants to know. Hydrangeas, exactly the same as what I said for the roses. Uh, deadhead them by all means now, but I wouldn't give them their general pruning until early spring, just in case we get very cold temperatures. They will do better if you leave them off until early spring next year. Uh, lilies then, uh, depending on which lily they, they are, because the term lily covers a multitude, but the, the classic lily, which is lilium, um, would be finished flowering now, or would be if it's not, it should be close to finished flowering now. So whichever one you have, if the flower is gone, you just wait for the stem, similar to the daffodils, really, because they're, they're growing from a bulb as well. So wait for the foliage and the stem to go brown and die off, and for all the, the chlorophyll and the food reserves to go back into the bulb, which is the food store for next year's plant. So wait for them all to go back in, let, let the foliage and stem die off, then prune it down to ground level, uh, and either leave the lily in the ground or, or lift the bulb and plant it out again next year. Yeah, and some people dig them up, others don't, others leave them in the ground. It's, it's the very same with the daffodils. And now is the time to start planting the daffodils because always in the spring we get people saying, is, can we plant daffodils and it's too late? Yes, and yeah. I've, um, I'm, I'm looking at uh, daffodil bulbs now. I've just started relatively recently. A quick plug for myself, I've just started selling a few of the bulbs and plants that I use in my own garden designs now online on the Irish Gardener store. Uh, and I am always get a, I love this time of the year, I love planting bulbs, but uh, I, I always kind of chuckle to myself because you buy them now for, you know, 30 and 40 cents. I know, I know, yeah. And, and then, then in the springtime it'd be three or four euros. Yeah, and, and, and the colour they oil. give you is, is terrific. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all right, Peter, thank you for that. Have a lovely week. And you, thanks. And we'll talk again next week. Yeah. That is uh, Peter Dowder, the Irish uh, comment. There are now even more ways to listen to C103. Tune in on your radio, go online or grab our mobile app. And now you can ask your smart speaker to play C103. Play C103. Okay. So you can just follow me. Try it now. Try it now. Follow, follow, follow. C103.